You know what that sound means. Welcome to the most interesting part of your day. An exciting episode of the Metaphysical Mysteries with your intrepid hosts, Dr. Terry Trubla and Tom Greenhall. Always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you, the free and the brave. We encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items, links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests. We are excited to have you with us again. And as you know, this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field. We cover everything from ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, amazing healing sciences, and leading technologies that are simply the coolest. We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors, and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode. Good morning, folks. It's Dr. Terry, and with the Metaphysical Mysteries podcast, the most interesting part of your day. And today we have uh, an amazing guest, um, voted in 2017, number one male psychic in the United States, um, second place in mediumship, and uh, teaches all over the U.S., and has a, a litany of things that he does, over 30 years experience, John Capello. John, thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for the invitation to be a part of your podcast. Well, from what we've talked about, I mean, you've done several books. Uh, you have your own radio program. That's exciting. Um, you have a, a uh, well, MBA, right? Going from business into metaphysics. Wow, that's a, that's a bit of a jump. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into how that all how that okay. all uh, occurred through time. Um, and uh, for those of you who wonder where my partner is, Tom, well, I think you'll be popping in any old time here, but we will, we're going to move forward here. And so tell us a little bit about your um, background, how you got into this in the first place. Mm. Well, I've always been interested in uh, astrology and, uh, you know, the, the sixth sense. I grew up in the age of the amazing Preskin and, and people like that. And, uh, so I just had a kind of a hobby idea of, of, of uh, being a psychic. Um, and, uh, and I kind of put it aside for many years because I was working my, my MBA and, and uh, I always like to be self-employed. I was a food broker. Uh, that business has gone away now, that, that, at least in our area. And there's been so much change in the past uh, you know, 30 years or, or many years that I've been uh, uh, in uh, the professional world. Uh, and it's just it, it, when you become when you grow up an entrepreneur and you grow up in self-employed and you grow up in a small business, it's kind of what you know. And and it was just really difficult for me to make that transition into the corporate world. And, uh, and after my father died in 1992, I met some people that were psychics and they they came over to my one of my father's buildings where they said that they were seeing him, they thought he was making appearances and they kind of validated that. There was this white light in the corner of one of the play, the, the buildings. And, uh, and so, I, you know, I, I took it for, uh, took it for granted, <laughs> excuse me. 
but they offered me to take some classes. And so I took some classes and, and I was one of the top ones in the classes. And, and, um, and so uh, over the period of years, it just uh, started to grow. I had gotten involved with a, uh, a business association in, in uh, the area of town I was at in Dallas. And I uh, tra- helped transform it to a, a chamber of commerce. And, and I felt like, you know, I'd done a, a really good job in that area. And I ran for mayor of Dallas. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but I, uh, you know, I, I didn't do well with that in that particular race. Uh, but uh, it was time for me to just make some decisions. And I was good at uh, being a psychic. I was good at, at metaphysics. And uh, so I said, you know, I'm going to see if I can do well here. And I've been able to make a living, you know, being a full-time uh, psychic medium. Uh, but I have, you know, I've expanded my markets. I've expanded uh, going into different states around Texas. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's been a very rewarding career. I've met some really fantastic people, some really wonderful folks. And it just seems to be something natural for me. And I'm a, I'm a writer. Uh, and uh, I decided to develop those skills. And uh, so I have eight books out right now. I have a lot of children's books about angels. And, uh, and so I've got more on the way. I've got my first Western out. I wrote for a novel. So <laughs> what are some of your uh, psychic medium books that people might be interested in? Well, the first one I wrote was Open the Mind, Exercise the Soul, uh, because I believe psychic energy is, is um, uh, derived from the soul. Um, and I, and my, my next book was, uh, was a companion to that. It's a workbook. It's, and so the name is similar. It's uh, soul exercises for the open mind, kind of reverse that. And uh, what I've done is I've, I've created my own, my own definitions and I have my own techniques and I teach that to people. So uh, periodically I'll open it up for uh, certification and, uh, and I have a group going through it now and I'll open up for mediumship later. And my next book was Open the Mind, Heal the Heart. And that book is about um, grief. And, uh, and I, uh, I kind of merge uh, astrology into it uh, because I found that there's at least 12 categories of grief. And then it's, and there's infinites. It's, it goes infinite after that. But, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's another book that I'm really proud of. And it's won awards as well. And, uh, and then my children's books have won awards uh, too. So the children's books are about, about um, angels uh, in, in our lives. It's called the Angel Pop Series. And it's about uh, uh, how angels interact with us. So, so uh, my, my, my latest one is Ellie's Pocket Angel Surprise. It's being republished by Covenant Books. And uh, it's going to be out on the market real soon. Wow. So, yeah, you know, as a minister, I know that religions um, sometimes don't always mix with psychic mediumship. Um, so the idea that you're writing a, you know, angelic related book, um, how do you think that's going to fit? Or maybe you already know, how's it fit with um, tr- typical you know, Judeo-Christian America? You know, well, uh, it depends on the on the faith. Uh, many faiths uh, embrace uh, psychic ability. Uh, others um, that may be in denial still practice it. 
they may not call it um, uh, psychic. Uh, I've decided not to call myself an intuitive because a lot of times people call themselves intuitives and they're really psychic. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm going to be honest and genuine about it. Uh, if someone wants to criticize my, my work, they can, but there's nothing that I do that's inappropriate or evil. My, my work is about empowerment. And I feel that that uh, religion should be about empowerment. It should allow people to uh, self-actualize. And if your religion doesn't allow you to do that, then it might not be the right place for you. But I can't tell people what to do. It's, it's their business. And uh, it's not my, my, my role to criticize any religion. Uh, if they wish to criticize me, that's, that's up to them. But I can only be myself and, and be as genuine as I can be. Absolutely. Well, you know, you talked a little bit about grief and Tommy and I both work in the energy fields, uh, energy medicine, if you will. Uh, he particularly does it like every day and every day. And I know um, working with releasing grief, of course, grief comes from a lot of different sources, but it's a belief system. I think a lot of it's socially conditioned. When you were a little kid, you were basically observed your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, grandmothers, whatever, um, react to a grief in a certain way, you know, the outer grief. Um, but can you, can you tell us how you help release some of that for people who are out there and having issues with having lost someone? Well, I, like I say, I have my own, my own philosophy on things and, and I believe there is a cure for grief. Yeah. And, and the cure for grief is practicing virtue. Uh, and uh, if you look at the, the five stages of grief, the last one is acceptance. And that is a virtue. And, uh, and so uh, when you look at different uh, parts of, uh, of, of different, the different categories of grief, the first one is about the body, self-harm, uh, and, uh, and, and depression. Uh, some of it takes, sometimes it takes courage to come out of grief. Sometimes it takes being, being defiant, uh, saying, I'm not going to let this beat me. Uh, those are all virtues. And uh, virtues are a concept, but they are things that help people create an energy. For me, grief is an energy. And, and the universe gives us tools, gives us other energies to help us fight against grief. And if you if you and you you study angels, you know there's a whole category of angels called the virtue angels, and those virtue angels are those that help us overcome grief, whether it be passion or love or peace or being or being magnanimous. All of those things contribute to helping someone overcome grief. Gotcha. And uh, now it doesn't mean you can't be active. There's plenty of other uh, of ways to combat grief. And I say, use them all, you know, use what works. Uh, but for me, if you look at the different signs of the Zodiac and you look at the different things, for instance, for instance, the loss of the child, the loss of the child is, would be fifth house, it's children, Leo. What are Leos known for? They're known for being magnanimous, trying to take the big picture. It doesn't mean you have forgotten your child. It doesn't mean that you have forgotten that, that, uh, that part of your life. It means that you have to take the big picture and you have to say, look, I, I lost my child, but I have to move on. And I have that, that's a part of my life. 
And if, in, for instance, if you, uh, yeah, forgiveness is, is such a big part of uh, overcoming grief. Sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. You know, another aspect of grief or, or recovery, uh, one virtue is remorse, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, if you have remorse over something that you did that you knew you shouldn't have done, then uh, that helps you heal, you know, to make amends, uh, to, to uh, understand the gravity of your actions. Those are the things that I think people would benefit from if they look at their situation. Now, for me, grief is kind of like, if you look at grief, you, if you look at a, a, a goldfish in a bowl, mm-hmm. there's, and you looked at that goldfish from different angles, you would see that every event in grief has, affects other parts of our lives. For instance, if you lost your mother or you lost your father while you were a child, it could affect your income. It could affect it affects your childhood. That's that's category three. Uh, uh, it affects so many different things. Uh, and so there's kind of a wheel that you could create and you can address grief from uh, from that logic or that linear um, per, uh, perspective and you can weight them and you can weight those different areas, how they affect people. And so, uh, so it's just, uh, for instance, you know, the category 10 would be loss of reputation. You know, lots of times people don't look at that as a, as a, a, a grief event, but someone who has maybe had a high position and was fired, they or felt like they were disgraced. Um, that fall from grace causes a tremendous amount of grief. Uh, estrangement is grief, causes grief. Just different things like that. Loss of faith. Uh, there's grief there. So there's, um, so like I say, I think that, that the approach that I've taken is, is kind of a, is a methodical one. And it's one that, that, uh, that uh, uh, makes sense to people because so many people say, well, how did I get here? You know, how did I get here? And the book is, and I'm, I'm going to write, I have another one that's almost finished. It's the nitty gritty of grief. Uh, and, uh, and so I have that one coming out, but for me, a lot of uh, the uh, a lot of overcoming grief is virtue. Mm-hmm. You know, if you practice that, so absolutely, yeah, I work with it every day for with people, and I, I know Tom does too. And you know, yeah, I mean, it could be as simple as a retirement. You know, because uh, we're both of us were in law enforcement, and so when you uh, I'm a cop, I'm a cop, I'm a cop, that kind of thing, and you retire, and you're not anymore. And you, there is a grief with that release of all that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, when you when you uh, retire, uh, you often have to uh, change your routine. You know, everything Virgo. Yes. Because Virgo is about routine. It's about you know having small pets. It's about it's about taking care of yourself, diet. You know, you have to change that routine. And those things, loving yourself, is a virtue. You know, and doing those things. And so, like I say, if you look at it from, from that perspective, it starts to make sense. And, and for me, it did. And, and I, like I said, I can't speak for anybody else. All I can do is, is contribute to a body of other information that other people have. That's Absolutely. all. So we've been uh, touching base a little bit as we're talking about astrology. Yep. And, um, you know, I think that's a topic. If you could give us a thumbnail sketch of astrology 
for the, the first timer coming in and going, okay, what is, what's the, what's the framework here for astrology? What should I look for? What should I know? Where do I go for, I mean, it's a, for my listeners, this is yeah. a huge, huge topic that people spend a lifetime unraveling. I get that. But if it's the first time they've heard this, what would you suggest people wanted to learn a little bit about astrology? Well, it depends. You have to, once again, astrology, like you said, is a, is a huge body of information. You have to pick what you want to learn. Okay. Uh, if you want to just uh, do astrology for people uh, and you want to understand that, that's, that's great. Cause that's, that's what I look at, but then you can look at transits as well. Transits are, are where the planets are today. Uh, it, your natal chart is your birth chart. And that's where the imprint starts on your, uh, in your life, okay? And, uh, and from that point, the, uh, the planets move and change. And, uh, and there are certain benchmarks at that time. But when you are looking at astrology, astrology is like making a cake, okay? You build upon it. And uh, each sign is a reaction of the other sign, okay? So the first sign of the zodiac is Aries, correct? Yep. Okay, it's male. So the second sign of the zodiac would naturally be female. And the third one would be male, you see? Yep. So, you, so once you've got set the, the, the different genders, then you go to the different elements, okay? The, next, the first element that we consider out there is fire for Aries. So you know now that Aries is male and you know it's fire. The second element is earth. It's female and earth. The third element is male. The, th the third sign is Gemini. It's male and it's air. And the fourth sign is female and water. Okay. So when you get that, now that's a block. That's a block of the first, that's one, one uh, fourth of the zodiac. The next element is what you call the modalities. And the thing is the first modality is what they call cardinal, okay? There are three modalities. The second modality is fixed. The third modality is, um, is mutable, okay? So the fourth modality is cardinal. So now you start to see a relationship between the first and the fourth sign right there. Because the first sign is, is male, it's fire, and it's cardinal. The fourth sign is female, it's water, and it's cardinal. So there's a relationship between those two. And so those two are going to clash. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay, so so it's like building a cake, and and when you so if you can go through the zodiac, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'm just giving you this. Have you heard this before? Oh, I, our listeners need to hear this. We haven't done a lot on zodiac, so this is fascinating. Okay, so if you look at if you look at Aries and you think of an infant, the infant is needs everything. The need the, what does an infant want? The infant one, uh, the infant is uh, here. I am is I am, and you have got to pay attention to me. 
because I'm helpless, okay? So, so that's when a baby is born totally helpless. So the next thing is Taurus. Taurus is about, I want, I want. So what does a baby do as it grow, gets older? This thing is about, okay? This is mine, this is mine. The third sign of the zodiac is Gemini. You've seen Gemini as you see the twins, right? Who's the first person you encounter in life? Not mom, it's your twin. Not everybody has a twin, but the first person you can encounter in life is a twin or more. <laughs> yes, or more, yes. And, and who's the nurturer? The nurturer of your life is mom, the fourth sign of the zodiac. Now remember, the fourth sign of the zodiac was female, was water, was cardinal, and she's the so she's the nurturer, right? Right. Okay. So who's the next person in your life? Dad. Leo. Okay. Leos are masculine. They're fire. They're fixed. So now you have a relationship between the fifth sign and the second sign, which is Taurus. Taurus is female, earth, and it's fixed. So those fixed signs, they are they can clash, okay? But dad is the person that helps you learn something. That's your apprentice years. Mom shows you how to out of uh, your hygiene, how to put your put your pants on. You know, right. dad teaches you what to do because Leo is about creativity. Leo is about risk. Leo is about children too. It's about it's about, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships and stuff like that. Right. So, so after you've gone through, through you know, wow, 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 I want, I want, I meet my siblings. I got to work it out in the womb with my siblings. Then you meet mom and then you meet dad and you've grown, you're growing up. So the next sign is Virgo. So Virgo, you got to go to work. That's <laughs> You got a daily diet. You got your routine. You might even get a pet. You get your own place. Okay. And so what we've done is we've taken care of the whole bottom part of the, of the, of the, of your, of your natal chart, which is the private part of your chart. That's all individual stuff. Okay. Right. And so when you go above the horizon, you go into the seventh house. The seventh house is Libra. Okay. We know that Virgo was feminine. We knew that. We knew that it was earth and we knew it was mutable. So that clashed a little bit with the third house, okay? So the, uh, the seventh house, since Virgo was feminine, we know it's, Virgo, it's masculine, right? Okay. Right. We know it's air because that's the next element. And we also know that it's, uh, it's uh, cardinal. Okay, so so now we know that Aries, Cancer, and Libra are all cardinal signs, and they all uh, a little bit. Yeah. So when we go above the horizon, that's the public part of our life. So after we have gotten all of our our uh, our, uh, 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 our our little our apartment, we've got our job, we've got our routine, we've got our dog, we got all that stuff. We go, yeah, what, you know, I want to share that with somebody. So the seventh house is about the other. 
spouse, okay? And now we're gonna introduce another little element. The, the seventh house opposes the first house. The first house is about me. The seventh house is about us, okay? Uh, the seventh house is also about uh, uh, legal partnerships, okay? It's also about, could be open enemies. Sometimes our spouses are open enemies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Then you go to the eighth house. You don't mind me doing this, do you? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Fascinating. So you already know, you know, the seventh house was male. You knew it was heir. You knew that it was cardinal. So the eighth house has got to be female and it's got to be fixed and it's got to also be water, okay? So we know the water signs all get along and we know that, that uh, you know, Cancer and Scorpio, they get along. So we know that, okay? So when you get married and you're, you're now not one, but you're we, what do couples do? They buy a house. <laughs> yep. yep. So the eighth house is about is about joint possessions, you see. So so the eighth house is very, very deep, a very, very psychic house. A lot goes on in a marriage, a lot goes on in, in situations. So there could be violence in the in the eighth house. And that's just the sign. That's what it is. It's ruled by Pluto, the eighth house. You also have um um you can, that's where pornography is. That's where drugs are. That's where lots of things happen. Uh, but it's death, taxes. It's, uh, it's lots of things. But the, but the positives about, about the eighth house are humility, are depth of character. So there's, there's, there's passion there. So each sign has its positives and negatives. You know, Scorpio gets a bum rap a little bit but because they're, they're, they're such, an, such intense people. It's the second most powerful sign of the Zodiac, by the way. So what happens is after you get your house and after you start getting all these different things, you know, uh, and you know, all this joint possessions and you, and you make the statement that this is our house, this is what we're going to make our stand. Then people say, well, what do we believe in? You know, that's Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the sign of the priests, the bachelor. It's the sign of, of belief systems. It's the sign of the zealot, okay? And uh, it's also the sign of foreign travel and foreigners. And uh, it's considered the best sign, best house, because it's ruled by Jupiter. It's easy, it's easy. You get transits in the eighth and ninth house, that should be a pretty easy transit. The, the, before I move too far into the ninth house, we'll look at the eighth house. The eighth house again, the eighth house is joint possessions. What did we say the second house was, which is opposes it, opposes it? That's my possessions. You see, you see how see how astrology works. There's lots of symmetry, there's lots of lots of things in there that we can benefit from. Ninth house is is opposed to third house. It's uh it's not about siblings, it's about it's about us being by ourselves, necessarily. A lot, of, a lot of times Sagittarians are, are bachelors. They, they, they do well in marriage and everything else, but it's the sign of the priest. You see, it's the sign of the minister, you see, because, uh, because that's, that's where your faith is. Now, we move on from there. So, so here we have our, we got married, 
We have our joy possessions. This is who we are, okay, with our faith. Right. And so we want, so how that's what that does is that creates a public image, Capricorn. Okay. Now we knew Sagittarius was male. We knew it was fire. And we knew it was also mutable. Okay. So it didn't necessarily get along with Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius. So, but we also know it's fire. So it gets along great with, with Aries and Leo. But now we move on to Capricorn. Capricorn, if Sagittarius is male, Capricorn is female, right? Sure. Okay. So receptive, negative energy. We can see, you can say, instead of male, female, you can say positive, negative, if you wanted to, because male energy is considered positive. Feminine energy is, is negative. That doesn't mean bad. It just means it's receptive. Okay. Capricorn is about public image. It's about status. Capricorn can be very materialistic. It's about career. It's about, you know, that's where your, where your profession is. That's where the spotlight usually comes on you. And so, so once again, if you lost position, it's hard to get position in life. And if you lose it, you may not ever retain it again. You see, so you have to be careful with it. So that's what happens. This is our public image. And, and then you go, well, you know, this is where I receive my, my, uh, my uh, notoriety. This is where I receive my fame. Okay. And so what happens is when you get good at something, like you're good at something, when you were good at something and you excelled and you got to the top of your profession, what's the next thing you did? You taught it. Yeah. Right? Because everybody wants to learn from the best. That's Aquarius, 11th house. That's friends, it's groups, it's, uh, it's being inventive, it's genius, okay? It's, uh, it's also eccentricity. A lot of times uh, Aquarians, I'm Aquarian, so I can say this, we're either insane or we're geniuses. You know, there's some, you know there's, there, I'm sure there's in between, but usually we're one or the other, okay? So it can also uh, uh, bring heartache because that's where you can have estrangement too. So, so the next house, we know now that, that, that Capricorn was feminine. So Aquarius is masculine. Right. And so we move to the last sign of the Zodiac, which is Pisces. Pisces is feminine. It's, it's also water and it's mutable. Okay. So I haven't given you everything, but for me, if, if Aquarius is genius, uh, Pisces is imagination. Okay. Uh, because to me, imagination is higher than genius. Okay. Because mm -hmm. if you imagine it, then the genius figures out how to bake it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, so then you have, so with, uh, Pisces gets a bad rap too, because it is the 12th house. It's a karmic house. It's the house of, of uh, mental health. It's a house of incarceration. It's a house of addictions. It's ruled by Neptune. It's the house of illusion. But there are so many positives to Pisces as well. They're just usually kind people and usually a little more demure, um, but, but very, very powerful sign. But these are people that are into escape and they escape through their imagination. 
sometimes it's not not positive escape because it can be through an addiction. But uh, but so Pisces has to be aware of that. But uh, but generally uh, Pisces is just a, you know a wonderful sign. So that's the zodiac. You can see how everything I hope was a reaction to the to the previous one, and right. that gives you kind of a, 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 an overview of, of astrology. Well, John, I appreciate that. That's you know I have so many questions related to zodiac. I'm going to try to really narrow it down because it's okay. such a broad topic. Um, I'm going to go to some Edgar Casey stuff because I'm a Casey fan. Okay, and uh, you know he said, of course. And a lot of people believe this as well. You know, when we're getting ready to come in, we choose our astrological sign. You know, your, you know, got your rising, your moon, your sun, your, you know, what you came in as, and all that kind of stuff, in order for those energies to assist you in your incarnation. Okay. Uh, what, is your, what is your take on that? Is that something that you believe is accurate? You know, we're making those decisions as we come well, in. <clears throat> well, I can never make a hard, fast decision about yeah. something. Your natal chart gives you the tools you need to face the, the, um, the obstacles or the lessons you need to learn in life, okay? Mm-hmm. Astrology, there's 360 degrees in astrology. So some people can say that you, or you go every degree of astrology in order to reach perfection, okay? So it's certainly possible or what Edgar Casey said to be correct. That would all be in the Akasic records too. Right, right. So, so like I'm zero degrees Aquarius in in uh, in uh, Western, but in Eastern I'm seven degrees Capricorn because because the Eastern is 23 degrees, but now it's 24 degrees um, different than uh, than uh, Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastern astrology uses the astro astronomical uh, placements of the planets. Western uses the precession of the equinoxes. Gotcha. Okay. It's different. It's more of how you view the planets from the from the perception of the equator. So the, if you if you were going to go to a Western astrologist versus an Eastern astrologist would they clearly come up with different um, information for you or would they be able to come to the same conclusion after they ran your, you know? Well, there's, there's, that, that's an ongoing debate. There, there's, there's qualities of both. Um, uh, Eastern astrology only goes to the planet Saturn. Okay. Sure. And the reason why is because the ancients could only see to Saturn. Right. Okay. <laughs> so... So Western goes to Uranus, it goes to, uh, to Neptune, it goes to Pluto, it goes to the asteroids, you know, and there's Uranian astrology. There's, all, there's, lots, there's a lot more that goes into uh, Western astrology. Eastern astrology usually get, get, uh, usually get the, the same, pretty much the same information because the signs are related, you know, they're just a reaction to the other ones. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of, uh, of of each sign and, and each other, you know. There, there's there's just there, there's a, but it's just it just takes it to another level. It just right. just 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 does reactions. The the western western astrologers consider the sun, the moon, and the rising as thirty percent of your chart, whereas the westerners they go by the moon. 
you know, in Western, I'm, I'm, uh, I would go, I would say I'm a, I'm a, uh, Aquarian and, uh, in, in Vedic, I want to be considered a Virgo because I was born with the hosta moon, the, the moon of the hand. Okay. A healer. So, uh, so that's, uh, and they had, they, they call the rising sign, the Lagna. And I'm not an expert on, on, uh, on, on Eastern. But uh, but I know enough of it to get in trouble. <laughs> I, got you. I got you. So well, so the, the thing about Eastern is is that they can tell you how well your your left foot's doing. You know, <laughs> they, they can be really exacting with certain things. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And you know, some people talk about being a cusper or cusp. You know, meaning they're right on the edge of transitioning from one sign to another. Um, for the average guy out there, what, what the heck does that mean? Okay. Once again, I'm a good example because I'm a zero degrees individual. Okay. So a cusp is usually part of an orb. Okay. If you can imagine an orb right. and you put a circle around like zero degrees and you go like two degrees over into Aquarius, that person's still on the cusp and you go two degrees behind that, the, Aquarius or go up to like 28 degrees of, of Capricorn. See those signs. I, I, I may act a lot like a Capricorn, but I'm, 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 I'm a, 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 a very much an Aquarian. Okay. Right. So because it's zero degrees. That's the strongest energy of Aquarian, but it may, may appear to be Capricorn because, because people like me are very practical, you know, and then you don't see Aquarians as real practical. <laughs> So, but, uh, but, uh, but that's what, that's what it's within an an orb of influence. And some people, a tight orb would be like zero to two degrees. A wider orb would be like zero to five degrees or zero to seven degrees. Okay. And so, so it's how far it was from the other side, but really if it's only, if it's about two degrees, either side, that's a, that's a good indication of a cusp gotcha gotcha fascinating absolutely fascinating you know astrology is something i think some of the churches and stuff they're dead set against i mean you know they think it's you know whatever devil's work or whatever you want to call it but this has been going on for eons of time and i and there's a difference between astrology and astrology to you know you know, going out studying the stars and stuff, but that's even biblical, isn't it? Where they're studying stars and positions of different planets. The largest collection of astrology is in the Vatican Museum. Uh, it uh, astrology uh, should not control your life. Okay, astrology is about possibilities. Mm-hmm. It's not about anything exact. The planets do not control your life. You control your life, right. and that's that's the difference. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, religions would, will claim, including Catholicism, that at this point, that if you if you say that the moon controls your life, that that's wrong because you control your life. But you do you do control your life. But it's also true that the moon, for instance, controls the tides of the, of the oceans. And crime rate usually goes up at a full moon. <laughs> you, you probably know that. 
as a law enforcement person. Absolutely. So we're all part of the universe. We're all connected. And and all it's all about energies. So does Saturn or, or Jupiter control me? No. But I sure look at that energy because it helps me kind of understand my placement right now. Yeah. So so and another thing is is that I can't put a limit on God. Okay. I can't say God didn't give us astrology to give us a heads up. Astrology is the ancient's way of Google. Yep. Okay. It's and see when's the first of the year? Yeah, of course we call it Gregorian calendar, January one. It's really March twenty first. Yes. And why did they do that? Astrologers said, astrology March twenty first is when the planting season starts. You see, so astrology had a, had a role. It still has a role, my, in my view. Well, like you know, interesting. Uh, March twenty first is also the date Jesus was born, according to Casey <laughs> and and others. You know that you go back through it because the lambing season is in the spring. It's exactly. not the winter. It's that's something that we did. Um, the Pope put in back in the day when they were trying to win over people in you know, other, other areas and they had a winter solstice and it locked in Christmas became then. So um, a lot of things that we culturally or socially conditioned to believe, but in fact, it may not actually be true. If you really get down to the, you know, it's and bolts of the whole thing. So I think it's fascinating. Sometimes religion wants to control. Uh, and, uh, and if people feel I need that, then, then they go there. Um, but like I say, you have to self-actualize and, uh, and you have to look at why so many people and why virtually every ancient civilization had its own, own uh, uh, astrology. Yes. The Mayans had it. Uh, the Chinese had it. Um, of course, we, the Westerners have it. Have it. Uh, all, uh, all of them have. Egyptians had it uh, because they needed a system to help them. Uh, know when to plant you know when most wars not all but many wars start in spring even the civil war started in spring you know they they because in winter you can't fight right so so they couldn't fight so they got everything ready to go in 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 the spring Mars rules rules uh, Aries, which is the god of war. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Yeah, if this gets, you know, we can really go down this rabbit hole. It's fascinating, but um, I, I think that gives people a really good sense of that. And I'm going to ask you later when we get ready, ready for wrap-up, you know, okay. where they could go, what's a really good book for astrology for a beginner, you know, to, to look and then maybe something for an advanced person. So I'll ask you that a little bit later, but okay. I want to go to one thing that you do that I, I, I do as well. And um, which I think is fascinating and people probably haven't heard this word psychometry, psychometry. And, um, you know, I, I'll go ahead and let you explain it from your perspective. If you're going to do psychometry for somebody walking in as a client, what needs to happen? Well, for me, uh, I like to use something that they've held for a while. You know, uh, if you give me something like a piece of jewelry that you just bought at the, at the you know, the, the local store, uh, the, the sales lady may get a great reading, but you won't. Okay. Right. <laughs> I get you. 
Psychometry is usually residual energy that's left on an object or, uh, you know, you can walk into a room and touch a piece of furniture and get, get uh, information or you feel the energy. Psychometry uh, uh, is imprinted in your energy, residual energy, but when you touch an object, it can be a door opener, okay? It can open the door to spirit. It can open the door to some of your psychic abilities, you see. It is more of a clairsentient event because it involves feelings and touch. That's, that's my view of it. Uh, and so and that's one of the things I teach. But when you say imprinted energy, psychometry is not just with objects. It's also with sound. Okay. Because a sound will give you as imprint, can imprint energy uh, onto you which makes you react to it either positively or negatively. So it, uh, the voice print is another thing that i work with quite extensively uh, because the voice print tells me a lot about the person. It's another form of psychometry from my perspective. That's all I can, that's, and that's all I can go by. Well, give me an example of a voice print. How, how, would, how would we explore that? Okay, well, you remember the old Bill Clinton thing? I did not have sex. Yeah, exactly. Anybody believe him? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he believed himself. When someone's lying to you, uh, when, you're, when your psychic ability does not match uh, your physical, uh, a, a physical impression, that, that gives you an idea that, that something's out of balance. Okay. And you go to what you, uh, so th that, that's what I would, that, that's one way that I would uh, describe it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because what happens is your, your physical senses need to validate your psychic senses, which are extensions of your physical senses. If they don't, then you need to pause. And you need to say, wait a minute, let's do further inspection here of what's going on. It's like a first impression. If you know you go to the and I don't want to pick on car salesmen, but if you go to the used car sales line and you know the guy says this was driven by a little old lady yeah. <laughs> from church to home, uh huh, and really they rolled back the odometer. Yeah, you know you've got to be careful. So you know if 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 what they say doesn't resonate both ways. You know, you need to take that that car that car to the shop and have your own mechanic look at it. Okay, right. So if and and it could be true, I want it to be true, but I'm just saying that if it doesn't resonate with you, uh, then then you need further inspection. Yeah. Well, I know on TV, uh, Tyler Henry, the Hollywood medium, yes, he uses psychometry. So if people have never seen it, he typically asks them to have an object that they've had in the family for a long time or, or themselves. And, and then he puts it in his hand and it helps him focus his mind and tune in. That's the way I see it anyway. Um, it kind of opens a window for me anyway. Not only do I get a feel of it, but I also get a visual impression of what's actually occurred related to that that's important to the individual who gave it to me. Exactly. You, you, what you do is you have the clairsentient moment which was a door opener for your clairvoyance. Right. Okay. And it's, uh, and, and that's your, those are your strengths, but some people get, they touch it and they hear something 
That's clairaudience. And yeah. sometimes it drops into their mind, which is claircognizance. So what you have to do is what I call the psychic test. Okay. How does this object make me feel? What do I see about it? What do I hear about it? What do I know about it? Is there a smell associated with it? A psychic smell? Or is there a taste? So, so many times people come to me and they say, listen, I get these psychic impressions and I'm bombarded with them. And I say, well, take a snapshot of that moment and do the psychic test yep. and, and go through it. So, like I say, that's how I teach things. I try to teach it by breaking it down and by, by uh, having people use their own abilities. Now, people need to develop their own psychic profile. All right. And the way they do that is by recalling several instances. Let's say you did 10 and you always use the psychic language. If you felt it, you say, I feel. If you saw it, I saw it. If it was clairvoyant. If I heard it, I, you say you need to say, I heard this. You, if you say, I feel, and you, and, and you really saw it, that, that, that's a disservice. It's not using the lingo quite right. No right. matter what you do, you got to learn the lingo in, 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 in uh, your business, you see. So that's the lingo of the psychic. So if you have 10 items and five of them are, I felt, then you know you're very strong with clairsentience. And if you didn't have any of them that were clairaudient, you know that's an area where you can improve. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's exactly how it works. And I, I feel like people um, don't know what to expect when you talk about words that they've never been around. Psychometry, like, oh my God, what's that? You know, some kind of evil voodoo crap that's going to, you know, cause me uh, curses and all this kind of stuff, which are all BS in my book anyway. It is. Um, so the other question is, in your experience, I'm going to go through, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole a little bit. What is your thoughts on angels, demons, ghosts, that kind of stuff? Do they exist? Is that what you're asking? Or Yeah, what? I mean, what's your, I, yeah, do they exist? What are they? How do they affect people, if any? That kind of stuff. Well, angels are, you know, they're, they're, they're all around all the time. Uh, yeah. My wife will catch me at times. Who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hon. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Um, so angels exist. I don't have anything to do with demons. Demons usually come around people when they have very low energy, you mm -hmm. know, or something. There's been some type of tragedy or an event. Um, sometime when there are demons around, you know, you need to check yourself and, and you need to, to work on yourself and raise your energy. You know, sometimes sick people are, are around demons, depressed people that can come, but who wants to be around them? I mean, I, I know people want to want to talk about that, but I don't want to be around them, you know? Sure. So, um, uh, and, and so I, I, I get, I, I just don't don't stay there but as far as ghosts are concerned a ghost uh people uh, uh there could be a, a spirit that resides in a particular place you know they're they're there uh usually it's someone that lived there or there was a portal that opened up in that spot and they wanted to sit there 
you know, that, that gets in the, to the area of what's heaven and hell. You know, heaven, usually people stay around their, their loved ones. And if they had a good life, they're at peace. And if they didn't have a good life, they usually are, you know, you can tell they're not at peace in, 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 the, in the spirit world. So I, ghost is not a negative term for me, you know, uh, but, uh, but some people, some ghosts, do, some people stay in certain places. And uh, I, it's my opinion that when you pass away, you still have freedom of choice and you can still practice virtue in some ways. You know, so so if you want to stay in a particular place, you can. You know, if you are in grief, you can you may carry that grief over. A lot of times suicides carry grief over. They people think if I commit suicide, I, I get out of this life and I escape. Uh-uh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh-uh. So I, I don't know. I hope I answered your questions. Yeah, I mean, people want to know what is an angel, you know, what is a demon, and you know, what is a ghost and well, there are elementals too. There's elementals out there. Yeah, elementals. Sure. There's also extraterrestrials. Yeah. Uh, there's other dimensions that we have to be aware of. It and is so, a, yeah, quantum entanglement. We're all part of one, ultimately, you know, and I think that's what people really need to understand. You, you know, I always tell people you're a little spark of God, you know, and, exactly. um, yeah. you know, so is, is God scared of this? No. God scared of that? No. Why are you? Because on this side, on this side, we have fear and we have love, you know, it's a contrast in a way. And um, it's on a scale, of course, but um, contrast. So when you're on the earth plane, you're here for learning. And so you have the sweet, salt, hot, cold, you know, that kind of stuff. Those kind of contrasts is how we learn. And then when you get on the other side, it's all, it's all love. It's more challenging to learn things in a quick fashion when you don't have those contrasts here in a third dimensional, third density uh, body bag of bones that we inhabit, you know? So I feel like uh, people need to understand that for sure. So, well, let me ask you this. Um, since you're a medium and that's what you do, do you want to, I mean, I don't know how you get into your mediumship thing, but do you want to do a demo on that? Or you want to? Well, let me just say my viewpoint about mediumship is a little different as well. Okay. Uh, a lot, you know, primarily people say mediumship is about contacting loved ones on the other side or right. spirits. For me, mediumship is sensing a presence. Okay. Because a lot of times I can sense the presence of, uh, of, uh, of people in your, that are alive around you. Right. But, but their energy is separate from yours. Psychic energy is only the energy that's around you. Right. Mediumship is an entity beyond your personal space. Well said. Does that make sense? Yeah, well said. It's true. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, 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 I had forgotten earlier, you told me you lost your daughter. I'm so sorry you lost your daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, if you want me to just do a quick little reading here. Oh, sure, sure. You know, Terry, I just feel like, you know, that, there's still some sadness there. And there's, of course, uh, her energy is there. Now, was she a young person? Was she in her early yeah. 20s or yeah. what? 20s. Okay. Early 20s. Okay. This is a person I just feel like, and for me, she was just experimenting. Okay. I just don't, I don't see her. I don't see her as an addict. 
Um, I see her as someone that might have been a little rebellious, okay, but I see her as someone that may want to still connect with you. But I, I want you to know that there, I feel that there's still a strong bond there. I also feel like you have a grandmother in spirit. I'm sure you uh, probably yeah. did. Yeah. Did you ever live with your grandmother or did you ever visit her quite a bit or one of them? Uh, I have four of them. So, yeah, four of them. Okay. Yes, four of them. It's, it's a long story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I had two of them that I've Yeah, two of them that you kind of live with. Okay. Because I feel like your daughter is, a, is around them. I also feel like your daughter is still surrounded by angels. Now, also, was your daughter having any relationship issues when she passed away? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it looks like it looks like she was just trying to escape. Um, now, did she like to drive her car real fast or was she, uh, yep. okay, so she was, she liked to drive. She liked that exhilaration. Scorpio. Yeah. She liked that. She was a very passionate person. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but intense, intense individual, but she just says that uh, she, she doesn't want you to be angry with her. And I, I feel like you, 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 you've done your best to be at peace with this. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you just never get over the loss of a child. Okay. So uh, so she's here around you, and she just says she loves you. She wants to thank you for thinking of her. Now, did you ever give her, like, stuffed dolls or stuffed animals as a child? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because uh, she just says that she's got, she's got some of those around her. And then also, was she a cat person? or she Very like, much so. Okay. Because... She's got cats around her too. So she's got lots of stuff around her that, that would probably remind you of her. Yeah, we still have her cat. Of course, I think her still cat. Have her cat? Getting, close. Getting okay. close to transitioning. Okay, because the cat still sees her and uh, the cat is around. Um, there's just a lot here. And I, I just, I, you know, I admire you for, for being able to, to have the virtue to, to be, to forgive her and to, and to try to try to move on because it's not easy. Now, before we finish, though, I want to tell you, your father is he still here or is he in spirit? Yeah, he's still here. Okay, so your dad uh, was he a role model for you? Oh yeah. Okay, because your dad seemed to be a pretty disciplined man. Was he ever military or a law enforcement himself? Uh, well, I have two dads. So two one dads. was law, one was law enforcement, one was not. Uh, both very disciplined. Okay, the law enforcement one, is he also still here? Or He's what? still here. Okay, do you look up to him as well? or Because sure. he just seems to be an expert at firearms? Um, it's, he used them as tools, yes. Okay, because he just seemed, that's the person that I'm seeing here. Now, your natural dad, you may still be close to him in some ways, but I don't know, are you closer to the, to the, to the law enforcement dad or, or what? Um, you know, no, he didn't come into my life till much later. So much later, okay. Yeah. Well, he may maybe what's top of mind then, but uh, but but uh, but I do feel like you have a deep deep uh, feeling for dad, okay, uh, and uh, for your natural I call him natural dad. Um, mm -hmm. Does your does he like to go fishing or does he like to go um, yeah. outdoors? Fishing. Okay, fishing. yeah, fishing. Okay, because do you still go with him or did you go with him? No, I, I'm not much of a fisherman. No. I, <laughs> okay. I, it's a little too boring for me. Okay, a little more action oriented, but dad likes it. <laughs> okay, yeah, dad likes he likes to get away and likes to likes to you know just have his, that peace of mind. Uh, so uh, so I'm glad that you know you're still still uh, in touch with him. But 
but you may have a, maybe a little more in common with, with, with stepdad because uh, he seems to be more into guns and more into, more into some different activities like that. Now, you said you did a lot of rescue. Is that right? Yes. Did you ever work with a Coast Guard or anyone like that? Uh, the similar stuff. I mean, you similar know, stuff. Marine okay. Patrol, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Okay. Because it just looks like uh, this is something that, you know, you can handle a boat very well and, and uh, do patrols. Uh, we need you down here in Texas to go to our border. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> it looks like a mess. I don't need any. <laughs> it is a mess. Yes. So, uh, so that's just a little taste of what I do. Okay. Perfect. And, uh, I appreciate that. So, Thank you much. so I hope that was helpful to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure it is, uh, you know, when you get a chance to digest those things. And I will tell everybody when you do get a, a reading, a little um, snippet here and there, um, to take time to think about it, too. Because what you're getting right at that moment may be enhanced a uh, day, two, three, a week later or more. Yeah. And go, yeah. yeah, you know, really, really makes sense. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And uh, uh, John, as we close up again, thank you for that. But um, as we close up, is there anything you want to leave the folks with? Uh, any any thoughts? Well, they're welcome to go to my website, just johncapello.com. They're welcome to join me on Tuesdays at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm on the uh, the Psychic Radio Network. Uh, the name of my program is the Psychic Side. Uh, and, uh, you know, they can follow me on Facebook because I do all kinds of uh, traveling and I, I do uh, several different kinds of workshops. And, uh, you know, I'll be delighted to do a reading for me for them if uh, if they would like to sign up for a reading. But thank but you. thank you so much for the invitation to be on your program. It was a lot of fun. Well, I've enjoyed it. And I get a lot of people, you know, calling and saying, Terry, uh, who, do you, who do you recommend me going to? So. I'm going to put you on my list if you don't mind. <laughs> no, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, well, very good. Well, for everybody here at the Metaphysical Mysteries and for John, uh, man, I really appreciate everybody stopping in today. And we will uh, be back again with another exciting guest. So uh, until then, stay safe and we'll talk to you soon.